This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Today on the show, we've got the punter from the Arizona Cardinals, Andy Lee. We have a wonderful conversation with him. It is very authentic and, and, and honest as he describes you know, wrestling with his faith. And, and also, he, he does. we've had him on the show before, and he was actually a part of an event that we did in 2020, uh, Super Saturday Breakfast. Um, he was on the panel, and he has talked before to, to us and in our audience um, about the, 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 the tragedy that he's dealt with in, in his life when his daughter was just born and, and then passed away uh, soon after being born. And it's just, it, it's hard to think about and talk about, and, and especially for, for him, but the work that he's now doing with uh, a, a foundation and organization that him and his wife started, the Madeline's Fund, really cool because they help families who have children in the NICU um, to, to be able to help them afford the care and some of the other expenses that take place when going through that challenge. Uh, so he'll talk about that today on the show. Um, so it's madelinesfund.org. Uh, but, but, but just this conversation today, he, he's such a, a real guy and he's dealt with major things. Um, but then today he, he talks very practically just about the last couple of years, even with the Rona and, and how it's affected him. And um, I think it'll be very relatable uh, for for all of us to, today, um, in, in in certain ways. So I, I hope that you enjoy this, and I hope that you're encouraged. That for one, you're not alone, and and also just the reality that, all right, he's a punter, he's an NFL player, but the types of things that these guys wrestle with and deal with are very similar to you and I, family stuff money stuff, even though they may have more money than most of us, they still have money decisions and questions and concerns and potential worry. It's hard for us to maybe comprehend that to a certain extent, but it's the reality. Decisions on jobs. And so we'll talk to him about when to retire and, and he's back for another year. And and, and all of us have, have different decisions that, that we make and wrestle with and, and pray about and ask the Lord for direction and 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 wait for answers and and so uh so anyway it's an awesome conversation you're gonna love it a couple things about andy i'll do a bio in a, in a moment when we welcome him on but he's been with the cardinals since 2017 
he leads the NFL with a 47.6-yard punting average. So since 2017, how about that? Uh, And then in 2021, he ranked third in the league with a franchise single-season record 49-yard average. And throughout his career, over 1,300 punts, over 65,000 yards, his 46.6-yard punting average is tied for the fifth best in NFL history. So uh, so very, very cool. And then his 458 punts inside the 20-yard line ranked fourth. So we're talking about one of the best punters in NFL history and in talking to him today on the show. So uh, very, very cool. So I just wanted to give a little back background on sometimes we don't always know how good punters are, but there are some stats that, that give you just kind of an idea of what he's been able to accomplish. And he's 39 years old, still, still punting at a very high level in the NFL. Before we jump in, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. Go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it to get a, a rate to figure out if you can if it's the right fit for you and your family, you could save money, how much money can you save. Uh, would love for you to uh, consider it if, if you're looking for a new healthcare option uh, for you and your family. It's been a great fit for my family and encourage you to check it out. Metashare.com slash unpacking it. Also, check out our website, unpackingit.com. And be sure to subscribe to our weekday email devotional. We take a current sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and we send it out for free through email uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So just want to encourage you and, and inspire you throughout the week to follow Jesus and become more like him. And so you can subscribe on unpackingit.com. Well, let's jump right in with Andy Lee. At the end of the conversation, I'll come back on and unpack a few more things that he brought up. But here we go. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us on the MetaShare guest line is the punter for the Arizona Cardinals, Andy Lee. He plays college football at Pittsburgh was drafted by the 49ers in the sixth round of the 2004 NFL Draft. He's played for the Browns and Panthers. He's been selected to three Pro Bowls, first-team All-Pro three times. Andy and his wife, Rachel, are co-founders of Madeline's Fund, which assists families who have children in the NICU. Really encourage you to check out madelinesfund.org, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, Andy, so good to see you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you having on, me on here and uh, just excited to you know talk about some things and hang out for a little bit. Absolutely. Well, all right. So it's the off season. It, we'll talk about the draft in, in a moment. But but what what is the off season look like for you and your family? Oh, for us, I mean, I, I would say mine's probably a little more low key than like your normal uh, football player. I, I kind of get back in, get back in the gym, work out a little bit, uh, try to I don't do a ton of uh, big heavy lifting, but I try to keep my body kind of, you know, uh, maintain it and continue to keep the fast twitch muscles kind of going. So we do that and then just hanging out with my wife and kids. We'll go play a lot of golf together and uh, we do some trips, uh, go down to Kiowa a lot. We love, love it down there and um, just watching them play sports and stuff because, you know, 
don't get to do that as much during the season. So it's it's really fun just to be able to kind of you know dive in and just watch them uh, compete. Oh, that's cool. What sports do they play, and what sports did you play growing up? So my right now my youngest, who is ten years old, his name's Adam. He is uh, playing travel AU basketball. He loves basketball. Ooh. He'll play. Um, he, he he plays flag football as well. Uh, that's about. Nice. He'll go play golf with me. That's about the extent of his golf game, but he he still enjoys it. He uh, uh, and then Ryan, my oldest, he plays travel across. He's playing wow. tennis right now as well. He loves tennis. He loves golf. He plays golf a lot with me, and he loves football as well. He used to be big into soccer. He just finished like uh, he was actually Greg Olson was his coach you know, uh, on the in the church league uh, uh, basketball team. So he they just Love finished it. that up, and uh, it's probably I would say he loves playing it, but it's not his favorite sport to play. He's really into tennis and lacrosse right now, and trying to get him into golf because he's really good. But uh, I think that takes some patience, and he's still he's twelve, so he's 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 getting in there, but. I grew up playing. My biggest thing was baseball. Oh, uh, yeah. I played baseball, basketball, uh, football. So they kind of all overlapped each other in high school. And then I played summer baseball. So that overlapped almost. So pretty much year round, I was playing sports. But baseball was my big thing. And it's, it was my passion. And obviously, both my kids don't play baseball. They didn't like it too much. But they could. They would be good. But they just, I think it's, you know, it's not as exciting as some of the other sports at this age, which was sad for me. But. It, you know, I, I let them choose their way and I just uh, try to you know be their cheerleader as much as I can. That's right. Oh, that's very interesting. Well, even for you, then, how did how did you make the transition from baseball to being a punter? Yeah. So, well, I played soccer when I was a kid. Like most kids grow up, they'll play soccer. They'll yeah. do the basketball. Like growing up, football is not that big of a thing, uh, especially where I grew up. Um, and I just. Always like we played football in the backyard, and I was always the guy that kicked the ball off, or I could throw the ball really far. I can hit a golf ball really far. I can just, I have like some quick twitch muscles to where I can do some things. So one day I was, it was eighth grade C team, I was quarterback football team, and they were like, after the, before the first, like about a week before the first game, they were like, we need a punter. Who wants, who wants to, we have punter tryouts after practice. And I was like, well, I've always, I have a good leg, you know, so I just, you know, go out there, drop it like a watermelon, hit it, you know. <laughs> And so that's how I kind of became the punter. And after that season, I was like, I'm done with football. I'm focused on baseball. I don't want to get hurt going into like JV, like high school football. And they came up to me about two weeks before the season started. And they were like, we don't have a punter. You had a decent leg last year. We want you to come punt for varsity. And I'm, like, I didn't know what I was doing. So luckily there was a guy in my hometown named, uh, his name was Kenny. Um, and he helped me uh basically learn how to punt like i had no clue I was supposed to spiral or do any of that stuff so by the by halfway through my ninth grade year i was like turning punts over and it just kind of went from there and i still wanted to play baseball i was supposed to um one of the things about when i was going to college pittsburgh i was supposed to play baseball um my sophomore year they's like first year you got to do all football and then you can play baseball from then on out so i was supposed to play baseball at Pitt my sophomore year that they told me i was supposed to um, and it got to a point where I was like, I'm so busy. I don't think I can do this, you know? So I was like, I can't. So I was like, I'm done. And I just focused on punting and it worked out. So I, <laughs> and it, it was good. It all, it all worked out for the best. Gosh, now heading into your 19th season in the NFL. That, that, that's remarkable. And, and back to your kids, though, I, I imagine they punt the ball in the backyard. But what's that dynamic been like? Hey, your dad's an NFL punter. Do you want to punt? You want to try it? What, how does that work out? So it's kind of so the first interest i mean they'll goof around and do it because i do it right but so last year i ended up getting covid around christmas and my wife and kids like they 
they kind of go back and forth between here and uh, Arizona and um they they were we were out there with me and I was like uh okay I can't like I, I had COVID I couldn't go to a public park do the restrictions and all the things that were going on so I was like what am I going to do so I ended up getting a kicking net like you see on the sidelines yep. and I, I rent a house out there when I'm out there so I put it in the backyard and I was just I was punting into it a little bit because I knew whenever this was over it might I, my time was up on a Saturday so I was like, I might not be able to do anything and go straight into a game after 10 days. So I was like, wow. so I was punting out there. And so he comes out and he wants to punt into the net and I'm teaching him and everything. And it was really fun. And then I was, and it's kind of slowed down since then, but I've got to talk, I just, you know, you're, he's 12, his hands aren't like as big as they need to be. And there's just so much things. So I was like, you have plenty of time as long as you have a decent leg, which he kind he does, but you don't know how it's going to develop. Right. True. Um, being he's, almost 12 he'll be 12 next month i'm like let's just just you do your thing right now i can teach you the fundamentals and how to punt if you have a leg you'll be fine so wow. we're so there, there's some interest there and i think it'll be fun uh as we get older and probably i'd say you know maybe next year when he's starting to get like around 14 i could i he'll have plenty of time to kind of get through that and do that that's really cool. Yeah, that's fascinating because uh, I actually had Ricky Prohl on the show last week, and he has two sons that also play wide receiver in the NFL. And so it's just interesting how certain skills can translate, and then also the plenty of stories where a guy plays a different position than his dad did and, and all that kind of thing. And then we talk about young kids figuring out what path to go on. Um, that's fascinating to me because at what point did you even think that you could punt in the NFL, that you knew that you had an, an elite ability? I, me personally, I would say maybe going into going into my junior year, maybe around my junior year, maybe as a little before, a little after, is sometime around then, which I personally thought that I had like the a chance. My kid and coach Kenny Gordon, um, from that he, I remember him my senior year in high school at our like football banquet that you you know you kind of have a little football banquet with awards and all that stuff afterwards. I remember him saying this kid will be punting on Sundays. I wow. I thought it was cool to hear that, right? But I yeah. didn't really think that like that would happen. I was really raw and um you know, it it, it worked it's out that more. way, yeah. but um I don't I I I would say probably go like somewhere around my junior year, I knew I I had some uh, I was getting some, you know, accolades in high, in college and everything and I knew that there was a there was a chance at that time if I just continue to get better that that's awesome and and you did and and so now I, I just saw you you re-signed for another season which will be your your 19th season in the NFL and, and last year you had a great year so so it makes sense that you would be back but at the same time it's still another year in the NFL and so what's the decision making process like for for you and your family to say yeah let's let's go for another season I think a lot of it had to do with the type of year I had like I remember I think it was the third or fourth game of the season after the, we get done with the game and my, you know, go see my wife and kids. And she was, and she basically, uh, I remember her saying to me, you're not done. Like, cause wow. it's kind of a yearly thing now, right? It's kind of, is it, is this it? Like was last year yet? Um, was the COVID year kind of the, the no fans in the stands it. And part of that was like, okay, I don't, I want to play it like with fans and like the normal stuff. Cause that was really, really weird. Uh, to have a season that way. And then I just feel like it's kind of like a year at a time thing. Is this it? I would say I'm I'm closer to it being it 
if that makes sense, than to yeah. keep playing. But then again, you know, the chance of being, say, you play 20 years, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, 19's cool, but 20's like, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, the, you know, the, the two in front of it sounds pretty cool. So I don't, I don't know. I think we're just, we'll take it, uh, you know, a day at a time and just, you know, try to have a good year. And if it's it, it's it. We'll keep going, we keep going, you know, kind of reassess when everything's over and sit down with the family and talk. My oldest wants me to be done. Um, oh, he does. But yeah, but uh, it's, it's sometimes he doesn't, you know, so I think it's, you know, just different <laughs> times and, you know, especially after the season's over, you know, that's, that's fresh. So I don't want to make, I don't, I don't want to make a decision when all that, stress and all that stuff that's going on is fresh on my mind i want to you know kind of wait till you know assess it when the time actually comes that that's neat that makes sense and and you know playing this long that, that you have what do you love about being an nfl player and what what do you love about being able to keep going and saying yeah i want to do this a, another year and because i imagine you still you still have to love it in order to to be playing at this stage am i right oh yeah, yeah yeah I, I definitely it's definitely i love it um I would say being an NFL player is cool. Even if you're a punter, it's not some people, it's not like the, the most, uh, the coolest position to be, but it's still NFL player. So uh, that just be doing, having that, uh, being able to say that's really cool. And I think it's, you know, doing that for, you know, 18 years now, it's kind of become a part of who I am and a part of, you know, um, my life, my family's life. So that'll probably be tough when it's, when it's all over, but uh, it's just fun to be able to go out and do something that you love and get paid for it. Right. So, um, and I feel like it's, it's, it's a challenge. I like to compete. I like to win. So, um, in everything we do, I do, you I mean, you ask my wife, my kids, um, they don't beat me at basketball. If they do beat me <laughs> at basketball, it's cause they beat me. Right. Like I'm not, I'm the one I'm like, you're going to like, we, we earn things, you know, I feel like you have to earn things in life. So, um, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't like to give anybody anything. So I, that's, I'm still kind of competing with, um, with other punters in the NFL, younger guys, but also competing with myself and just trying to continue to do everything that I used to be able to do, even though I know I can't. Obviously, my leg's not where it used to be. It's still pretty good. Obviously, I wouldn't still be playing, but um, you know, I, I think it's just just trying to get better each and every day, and that's kind of that's kind of what I've done my whole life. It's always been sports ever since I was young. So I don't know. It's kind of scary on the other side. I know I'll do something, but um, you know, right now it's I, as long as I can still do something that I loved when I was a kid, like I will keep on going. That's right. You, you and Tom Brady got to keep it, keep it going. So uh, he couldn't, he couldn't He's get on it a different up level. He's on a different yeah. level. <laughs> hey, he wants to keep doing it. He wants, as long as somebody's willing to, to put you on the team, you gotta, you gotta keep doing it. Um, actually, no, yeah. I talked to Ricky Pro last week. He, he had a long career, I think 17 seasons. So uh, he, he kept playing as well. Um, all right, let's go back to the beginning of your career because the NFL draft is taking pl place in a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm always curious to hear people's draft stories. So, uh, you know, punters don't necessarily always get drafted, but you did, six-round, 49ers. So what was that kind of weekend like, that experience like? What do you remember from that back in 2004? Well, I, I, was, I was at my parents' house, um, I guess technically still kind of my house at that time. Um just hanging out and we uh i knew that I, I knew there was a good chance i would like back then i think it was one two first second third round was on a friday or saturday or whatever and then the next day was four five six seven it That's wasn't right. divided up in so many days at that time so i knew i probably wasn't gonna go on the first day um there was a small chance but that didn't happen and then 
There were some time. There was. Uh, I, I thought I was going to go to Cincinnati at one point in time. I guess their special teams coach couldn't talk them into drafting me at that high. I think it was like in the fourth round. They had like three picks, I think, in a row, in that round. Um, I don't think they had one in the fifth. Uh, Cleveland had one in the fifth. I think they they called that. I thought I was going to go to Cleveland in the fifth round. Didn't. And then I know based off of what this is all information based off of what my agent was telling me. So if this is wrong, I apologize to anybody out there. Um, but I do know from what I understand that Cleveland was going to draft me in the sixth round. If I was okay. still there, San Francisco was the pick before Cleveland. So okay. I didn't know that San Francisco was going to draft me until I guess it was, I was pick 188. I think, I think you don't have to look that up. It was like yeah. 188, somewhere around there. And I guess on like pick 187, they called me and told me they were going to draft me. And I was like, at the time, and I, I've, I loved every minute of playing in Candlestick for 10 of the 11 years I was there, one year in the new stadium. It was amazing to me. It was one of the best places I've ever – I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's very, very hard to punt there. I did not realize that when I got drafted. I was kind of like, okay, Cleveland, you know, it's tough. It's cold and it's windy. I knew that. I was at Pittsburgh, right? I knew it was – you know, I punted in Hinesville for four years in college – or three years in college. Three Rivers was the first year. And – I was like, oh, this is great. It's California. It's warm. It's great. Now, it is, it's not cold there. It's warm, but it is really, really windy. And I didn't realize that until I got there. Um, so, and I didn't watch much NFL football growing up. So I was a big college guy. You know, uh, being in okay. South Carolina, I feel like you're just, it was a college, college, just college yep. atmosphere. I grew up 20 minutes from Clemson University. So um, my mom went, I mean, my dad went there. My brothers went there. You know, it's just, you know, so that's kind of where I grew up in that area. So, we didn't, I didn't know much about the, the NFL and it worked out, but it was, a, it was, a, it was a tough first couple of years learning how to punt in that stadium. But uh, yeah, it was great. When I, you know, I got picked, it was kind of like the, you know, for me, it was, it was like I was a first round pick because, you know, a punters go and go later in the round. So it was just awesome to be picked period. I think there was three of us drafted that year. It was, uh, I know Donnie Jones was one of them and I can't remember the other guy's name. He went to, uh, he went to Cincinnati actually. Uh, in the oh, wow. seventh round, I think, um, and Donnie got drafted by Seattle, who then ended up in St. Louis. And but he played a long time as well. He played like sixteen years. He's a great dude. He's one of my good friends. And um, oh, cool. so it's it, it was it was a cool it was a cool experience. So that's neat. And yeah, don't always be able to say yeah, I was drafted into the NFL, and then uh, to be able to to have the long career. So that's uh, that that's really neat. So I'm I'm looking forward to the draft in a couple of weeks for for sure. Um, all right, we'll, we'll talk a little football in, in a little bit, but but I want to catch up uh, kind of faith-wise, personally. Uh, so I saw you right before the Rona hit in, in 2020. We did the Super Saturday event together, and a month later, everything kind of happened. So as you reflect back just kind of on these last two years, in, in what ways did your, your faith grow in, in the midst of the, the craziness and kind of the, the tough circumstances that, that we all faced in different ways? Uh, and then in what ways were you, you challenged th throughout the last couple of years? Um, I would say through the challenges I faced, they kind of grew. So I feel like it's kind of one and the same. Um, yeah. Obviously, knowing that I'm going to retire soon as well at that time, you, you don't know. I mean, even though this is two years ago, it's still kind of like I can see the end. My, the end's a lot closer than the, the beginning. And, you know, stock market's crashing. Everything's going down. I'm like, I'm stressed out about the money part of it. And okay, well, if this is it now, like you don't want to retire when you're in a recession or a downturn and all this other, you know, all the, all the financial stuff that you just go crazy about. So that was real stressful. And then 
you know, not knowing about the season and we're, are we going to have a season or are we not? And on top of that, now you can't go to church. You can't like, there's not, there's not, it's, it's, it's tough, right? Like no, nothing's open. You're at home, home a lot, which for me was a good thing because obviously I, I, I love being around my wife and I love my two kids. So um, th- that was a good thing. But I feel like through that time, it's almost like I kind of fell away a little bit because you didn't have the, the weekly church and the weekly. And, and, and I, I'll even admit it's still, even to this day, it's now that everything's open back up. It's almost like it's harder now to get back into that, that rhythm of Sunday, we go to church and we do this and we do this. It's just still, it's like, it's kind of like, as things have opened back up, we, we got to, you know, you got to change your, your lifestyle back to that, back to that a little bit. But then again, that's right. I felt like at times I felt lost and like, I was like, what's going to happen What's I think a lot of people did. Right. And like, Absolutely. you're like, at first this was scary too. Cause how serious is it? We don't really know. Like, is it really just, you know, and you know, I, I think through that stress and that anxiety that I was kind of facing a little bit, um, it did eventually lead me back in the right path. Right. Because I feel like when you're in a routine, it's really easy to stay connected and stay, you know, have that relationship with God, stay there and be solid. And even though I still pray every night and we pray with the boys every night before we, they, we put them down, it, it's not just about like doing, mm. like doing the steps, right. Yeah. You got to kind of live it. And mm. Not that I was doing anything maybe differently in my life, but maybe I wasn't trusting as, in God as mm-hmm. much as I should have in my decision making or in like uh, my like worrying about things that really are out of my control, um, which right. I know is hard to do with anybody. Like I can sit here and say I, I try every I try all the time dealing through this and dealing through anything I'm messing with, try to you know give it to God and let him you know take it a day at a time. I can't I can't do that. I try and I continue to try every day and I, and it helps, right? It helps because I know where I'm going in my life that he will lead me along that way. And I got to try to get my own thoughts out of the way of what's five years going to be like now, obviously being a husband or in a father, I have to think two, three, four, five years down the road. Well, for financial situations or for this or for that, cause I want things to be taken care of, but that's also not guaranteed that I'm going to get there either. You know? So you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. You have to make decisions. So the way I'm one thing this has taught me, I think, and it took me a long time to get there is try to make decisions for today, maybe base it off of what's going to happen later, but that decision happens today. Don't base it. Don't worry about a decision that's going to come a year from now today. So if today is going to affect five years from now, think about it now. Mm. But if it's not, now, and you could take that like anyway. Well, yeah, any anything can be a effect that I do today. It's going to if if you take that under context, not and just take go and run with it. Is I feel like that's really helped me. So anything yeah. I'm doing today, like, is today. If it's going to affect later, I can I can worry about it a little bit or not worry about it. Maybe pray about it and um like just like if we're like there the little little crazy things like whether I'm going to play or not you know, just kind of pray about it and don't, I can't, I can't worry about this. What's going to happen if I say yes, or I say no, I just got to worry about whether it's what I should do or not. Does that make sense? I know that's kind of like, if, if, if God, if I feel like God's saying play, well, then I can't worry about what that's going to do because I feel like that's what he wants me to do. 
That's right. You know what I'm saying so. That's good. That's more the thing. It's not. I guess it's not necessarily worrying about the future. It's not worrying about what the actual outcome of the future is going to be, because if you do what God tells you to do, or is asking you to do, or is pointing you towards, you will be fine, and you it will all work out. And if you make the wrong decision, say you you know you you let the, let the evil in, and you do this, and you make you're going to know pretty quick that you're on the wrong path if you're walking with God. Right. So yeah, you may make those, that's, you may, that's missteps, that's mess ups. But at the end of the day, you will come back to where you're supposed to come if you stay and walk with God. And I think that's what I've just been trying to do through this whole thing is just trust that everything I'm doing, if it's thought through and there's a process and I believe that, you know, I've prayed about it and I believe if I pray, am I supposed to do this? Give me a sign, give me this. Something's going to, it's it's amazing like we were dealing i'm not gonna get into issues with it but we were a, a month ago i was we were going through a, a something a, a a financial decision and i was like i don't know and i really wanted to because it's something i've always wanted to do and I always wanted this and this and this and then i kind of pray about it and next thing you know one of my buddies calls me with some information or that or with a bible verse or this guy or you'll hear this talk and you'll be like oh and it just makes it, it just it's just right in that same area. And it's kind of like, OK, I hear you. You know, it's it's right. not always like crazy, but sometimes it's like right in your face. Like, wow, that's that's amazing. So I just feel like that's kind of, you know, that I know that's a long winded answer of everything. But, you know, through through all the uncertainty, I feel like I've I've gained more certainty. There you go. I love it, man. I, I'm right there with you, and and appreciate the the honesty and the the wrestling because we can all, I'm sure most of us can relate to that. Um, I was just talking to my mentor at lunch today, actually, and I was like, ah, I, I kind of regret this decision or this attitude or this this perspective that I had for a while, and and he's like, well, do you believe in God's sovereignty, and do you believe that that He's going to redeem situations, and and even when when we do make the wrong decision that he still works it for good. And, and it was a good challenge to me to say, yeah, no, I do. I do believe that. So then I got to let go of some of those, those past decisions and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, just what you're saying, as far as today, we gotta, we gotta embrace today. And, and it's, it's steps of obedience. It's t- today. Are we going to obey God? And what's he, what's he making clear today? All right. We can make that decision and then we can, we can move forward and, and not not have to be caught up in, in all the worry and the anxiety of things down the line. So, I uh, right, I'm still, I still still not I'm still not good at it. I'm it's, that's it's right. Work in progress. <laughs> we're 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 in progress. No no question. It's a journey. It's a it's it's a walk. It's a walk with Jesus. So um so that's no, I appreciate you you sharing all that. Um and and so this week we're 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 doing the show. Uh, this weekend is Easter. And so when you think about what we celebrate as, as Christians this, this weekend, what, what's maybe on your heart this week or what comes to mind as, as you, you think about the cross and the resurrection? I mean, sorry to put you on the spot. I, I, but. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I would say, cause I'm just going to say what, what came to my mind. I mean, just amazing. Like I have two boys. I couldn't do it. I couldn't send my boys. I, I mean, as much as I can sit here and you can sit here and say, yeah, I do it. If I knew it was, I couldn't do it. Like I could, I couldn't like, yeah. I could say I could do it for my boys. Yep. Um, but I couldn't do it. And like to even 
I mean, I guess I couldn't fathom doing it. Now, I guess if I knew it was going to save everybody and everybody is like what it, you know, what, what Jesus actually did for us, maybe I could, but I don't think I have the capability or the mind or the thought process to actually think that that would actually do. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like some things are just, um, I mean, and, and I don't think it's, it's not necessarily like what faith is, but I feel like faith without faith, you wouldn't have Christianity. If I knew everything <laughs> and was all knowing we're obviously, you know, I wouldn't be there. So I just, I, I, it's something that I can't like wrap my mind around because of yeah. how much I love them mm. and being able to put, I don't ever want them to be in pain. Right. Mm. So, and especially to have the pain that he was brought on him of everyone. I can't, I can't even imagine that. So it, it, it's just, 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 just grateful, gratefulness. I, I mean, it's just, just, you know, rebirth, gratefulness, just, it's, it's just an awesome time. And it's just, it, it's why I, why we were able to you know have a relationship with god so i mean it's the most important thing that ever happened in my eyes to humanity of all time right like it's 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 amazing so i i think that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at i don't know if that's uh yeah the best answer but um, no that's a great that's a great answer to to i think i think there's so many elements to what took place to just to contemplate and, and to kind of put yourself in that situation as a dad, I think is a, is a unique perspective to think about and, and, and then to think about the, okay, the love that God, the father has for his son and for us, yet he was willing to sacrifice his son. And then Jesus's willingness to sacrifice to say, yes, I'll do this because he loves us. And, and uh, yeah, to then to try to relate it to our own kids and ourselves. And yeah, I love it. So it's uh yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I, it also reminds me, I remember, I think it came out when I was in college. I think I saw it in the movie theaters. It was Passion, Passion of the Christ. Yep. Or pa- yep. Is that Passion of the Christ? Is that, am I yeah. quoting it right? Yeah, Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Yes, Passion. yeah. That, that, just being able to, like, we've watched that here and there. Um, hard to watch. Being, yes, it's very hard. It's very emotional. It's very, um, and I can't, I mean, it, it probably doesn't even do what really happened. You never know, even justice in that. But just, I mean, just thinking how much I love my kids. Now I can sit here and say, I love them just as much as God loves us or just as much as God loved Jesus. I don't know if I can love something as much as God loves us. You know what I mean? Like for everything he's done for us, for if you really think about how bad, even like a good Christian is, it's still, and he still loves the bad people, right? Like (laughs) it, it, so I can't even fathom the love he had for his son and then him still being able to do that with the amount of, I love my son, my kids, which I can sit here and say, I think I love them more than anything in the world. And I do, but I just, you know, I just feel like everything with God is always multiplied. Like whatever you, however, whatever, if you feel love, it's nothing compared to how he, how much he loves you, you know? So I think, and I think that's what, you know, can keep, you know, keeps me going each day, especially, you know, I mean, I know you mentioned it with uh, Madeline's fun you know, we had a daughter and she passed away and it sucked. I mean, I was mad for a long time. Um, mm. Didn't understand why, uh, but when you really deep down, think about it, he knew what he was doing. Mm. He, she's somewhere. 
hopefully I'm, I'm guessing in heaven. I know that's based off of everything I've read. She's in heaven. Um, she was a baby, so she had no decision-making process, but she's in such a much better place than we are right now. And I'll get to see her again one day. It's actually made me and my wife's, uh, us are just everything, um, our relationship better, our relationship with God better, even though it struggled a little bit after it, but without our relationship with God, I don't think our relationship would be where it is today through that and through yeah. everything else. So it's, it's been, it's, it's, God's done some amazing things in our lives, even through some crappy stuff, you know? So it's been, it's been a journey for sure. Amen. Gosh, that's powerful, man. What? Well, I appreciate you sharing all that. And, and you, you mentioned, uh, Madeline and, and Madeline's fund is, is what started out of, of pain and, and tragedy so that you can be a blessing to, to other families that, that go through tough situations when, when they have a, a child in NICU. Um, and, and so the, the website is madelinesfund.org. And, and what's maybe something you're most excited about? What, what's, what's going on with, with Madeline's Fund right now? So right now we're, I mean, we're, you know, helping families. We never, uh, we never stopped during COVID. We were able to, with you know, oh, great. donations and with being uh, good stewards, I would say of people's uh, donations, had enough saved up for, you know, something, if something like this did happen, we were thinking more of, okay, what happens if we don't get, donations in this year like the, the events don't do as well or this but obviously covid um hit and we we still did pretty well through that time we couldn't have our golf tournament that uh in 20 we couldn't have the the gala that year so we relied solely on donations and it still went pretty well and we have our golf tournament coming up here in may on uh, may 23rd um at charlotte country club my wife's actually doing a tennis tournament as well on the same day now she did that last year that. she's doing that again this year and then we I have our gala that will be in October. I, I, I think it's like October 15th or 16th. I, I could be wrong on that. I, I, I apologize on that, but more there, the information will be out there soon on that, but that's a fun little party that we throw and, you know, just celebrate, uh, celebrate the families and all the people we've been able to help. I know we're, I know we're over 1600 families helped since wow. inception. I, I want to say we're probably closer to 1700. Um, we're over 150 funerals. So we'll do funerals. For families that lose lose uh, lose children and can't afford to properly memorialize their uh, their child, and um, it's it's been going great. Honestly, it's 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 been awesome to be able to honor her, um, honor Madeline, and and by being able to give back and help other people and help people in need. So um, it's it's something that you know we're excited about. We're actually um, we we help uh, Levine Children's Hospital and Hemby. Presbyterian Children's Hospital that they're both uh, level four NICUs. So that's where most people come when something bad's going on um, or really bad, I would say, um, to get certain procedures done, certain equipment they have to be able to care for the baby. So there's some people that will travel so, uh, a good amount of distance to come in, come in here to do that. And um, one of the reasons we do that as well is because most of the time you have an extended stay at a level four NICU. I mean, unless you're in Charlotte, you could possibly be there and you'll be in and out kind of thing. And those people we normally don't see very often uh, or request things from us. But um, a lot of times you, you have some people that are in there for months, six months, seven months, eight months. And, you know, some of those you know families, they it's either see your baby or, you know, go to work. And sometimes or, you know, it's I can't work as much. And so we, we financially, you know, try to assist in areas that help them um, to be able to, you know, be there present which is huge 
for their babies. Like it's, it's developmentally, it's very big for the parents to be there and be around their baby and for the baby to hear them and hear them talk. And, um, and then just, you know, just other things like people just, you know, people are in a bad spot. And the one thing you don't want to have to worry about is money. I mean, that's, that's probably one of the biggest problems in a lot of marriages to begin with is how we're going to pay for this, how we're going to do this, how we're going to do this. Well, now you have a baby in the NICU that's sick, whether it's in good terms, bad terms, whatever, you don't, we don't, you know, you really never know. It's scary every day. It could be a roller coaster in there. So, you know, we try to, you know, ease their burden in some way so that they can at least focus on their baby and not have to worry about things as much. So it's been, yeah. it's been really good. I love it, man. We'll, we'll keep up the great work. Madeline'sFund.org. And it's it, the link should be in our show notes. So, so check that out. Uh, encourage people to, uh, to support it. Madeline'sFund.org. Well, Andy, man, great to see you. Great to catch up with you. Uh, excited to, to see you again. Year number 19. So, so have a wonderful uh, season with the Cardinals. And uh, appreciate you being on Unpacking It today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. All right. There he is, Andy Lee, Arizona Cardinals punter, joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack this conversation with Andy Lee. And a few things jumped out to me. Again, I appreciate his honesty and and just the relatability that, yeah, we wrestle with things. And you could hear him you know, processing and trying to, trying to articulate what's what's been going on on the inside, which sometimes is hard to explain fully. And so I appreciate him just kind of, hey, just talking it through. And, and, and so that was, it was, uh, yeah, just interesting to to hear his his thoughts and perspective. But the whole concept on making decisions and and not worrying about the outcomes is so huge. And I think he really got to such a great truth that that's worth unpacking a little bit further. Because when we know that that, that when God has has confirmed a decision that He wants us to make. It comes down to obedience because we don't necessarily know how the decision is going to turn out. We don't know how what's going to happen a year from now, five years from now. What are the ramifications of this decision? But if we know it's what God wants us to do, then we just have to make it. And we have to be obedient and we can't worry about all the details or even what the next step is. We have to be obedient with the step in front of us, the first step, the, 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 the step that has been confirmed. And, and so you know, for him, going back another year, if, if, that's, if that's through prayer, he's gotten that confirmation, then, then he's, he's back for another year. He doesn't know how well he's going to play. He doesn't know if he's going to get injured. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know... We don't know who the quarterback's going to be necessarily. A lot of details he doesn't know um, in Arizona. But but it comes down to just making the decision because we it, it, sometimes we get so paralyzed by decision-making and wondering, well, what's going to happen? Okay, if this happens, then I do this and this and this and this. We, we, we play the mental gymnastics with all the future outcomes and we, we get filled with worry and you know a level of anxiety and, and, and that kind of thing. When the steps of faith that, that we have to take are opportunities to trust God and to trust God 
that, okay, if, if, if this is what he wants me to do, I'm going. I'm, this, I'm taking the step, and I'm trusting him with the results. I'm trust, <laughs> trusting him with the outcomes. And sometimes it, it may mean that the outcomes are tougher than we anticipated. Wait, this wasn't what I, I thought this was going to be all great and, and things were going to work out perfectly. Sometimes that's not the case, but it was still the right decision. It was still the right decision. God made it clear that it was the right decision because he's, he's working a, a lot of things out. And he's, he's got bigger plans and purposes that we don't always realize. Oftentimes, usually, he reveals the next step. He guides us step by step, a little, little bit of light on the path. His word is a lamp unto our feet. And so a little bit of time, a little bit of time, and then we, uh, we trust him along the journey. So great stuff there. And then also he, he talked about really all of us are coming out of the Rona and, and certain uh, routines that we got in maybe during the Rona and many people stopped going to church and, and stopped, you know, just certain activities that we were doing two years ago, got out of a life group or got out of serving or, you know, different things that, that stopped that we have to get back into that, that are meant to you know, help us in life to love God, love people, serve God, serve people, grow in our faith, become more like Jesus. And so we have to make sure that those things are, are put back in, in place. Uh, hopefully we, we didn't let too many things go away and we were still pursuing the Lord through it. But the reality is it was tough. A lot of things, you know, not being around people, you, you know what all these things are. Uh, we've talked a lot about it. <laughs> I'm sure all of us have thought a lot about it. But now we just have to stop dwelling in the Rona world, and we have to push forward, especially when it comes to spiritual discipline, spiritual routines, things in life that actually you know matter and, and, and build our faith. We got to get back into those those routines. It's cool. Technology, we can watch church online, but I'm gonna tell you, if we're able, if we're healthy enough, my, my wife right now, she's we've got a you know a little daughter and she tried to bring her recently, and it was a night, nightmare to bring my daughter to church. And so she hasn't been able—my my wife and youngest daughter haven't been able to go to church with us lately. Uh, they should be there for, for Easter, thankfully. So I understand some people can't go. So I, I, there's plenty of grace. I've got grace for my wife. But I think we have to stop using the excuse sometimes as well, where ah, I'm just going to stay at home, and we got to go be around people. we got to get that fellowship. we got to go worship together. So I'm going to push—I'm going to push for that— I, I, Again, there are reasons for certain people, but we have to get back into those healthy routines. And we don't go to church because we have to or because we're trying to earn salvation. It's not about that. It's about, yeah, I love God. I love, I love being with his people and, and, and being encouraged in that setting and, and being able to, to, to serve in different ways. And, and so we have to pursue that. Encouragement for all of us, a challenge for, for some listening today maybe that, that have gotten out of some of those routines as well. And appreciate Andy just yeah sharing some of that and being honest about it. It's very, very, very relatable uh, for sure. I'm thankful for church and, and just the opportunity that we have to grow and gather and worship. And it's about God. Ultimately, it's about God. How are, how are we reconnecting or reorienting uh, our hearts, you know, to him, with him, um, and, and oftentimes church just allows us to to do that. It's not the only thing. That's only one day a week oftentimes, but then what are we doing even with our church and the opportunities that present themselves uh, that stem from our local church to then be the church and, and to be in community in an ongoing way? And then 
unpacking it can be a compliment to that, to, to what you're doing at church. And, and hopefully you find these podcasts very encouraging to help you build your faith and the devotionals. And we have fellowship opportunities as well. We're, we're, we're not a ministry to replace the church. We're a ministry to complement the, 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 we're just an extension. Um, and ultimately our, our passion is to see sports fans following Jesus. And so we, we take a, a niche part of the overall church community and, and hopefully we're, we're speaking your language as a sports fan. We get to hear from you know, athletes and coaches and broadcasters and, and to be able to have some of these conversations and to think through and process and unpack what we're all dealing with. And we're all wondering about and questioning and trying to figure it out. And so if we can come together and, and be an encouragement. And so today, Andy, hopefully is an encouragement to all of us in different ways. And so not worrying about the, the outcomes, choosing obedience, making the decision, and then getting back into spiritual routines is uh, is crucial. So there you go. That's what I uh, took away today and, and was challenged myself and, and appreciate you listening. Thanks to Andy Lee. He lives uh, in Charlotte, and so I've had a chance to uh, be with him a couple times, but fun to have him on the show today. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope you have a wonderful Easter if you're listening to this before that, but Easter is every day. We celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus, and that's what the uh, the power that we have uh, when we surrender our lives to him and receive his free gift of salvation. And, and so praise God today. Well, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.